Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. You own a medical practice or a dental practice, something in the healthcare field, and like it or not, you've got competition. Patients have choices. You need to stand out. And today we're going to talk about the first step in how to stand out from the crowd. My name is Carl White. I'm principal at Mark Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency. And I'm also the host of Practice Care, which is all about simplified advice, bite-sized advice for the business side of your practice. And today my guest is Danny Schumann. Danny is the brand storyteller and executive coach and the founder and head twister at Twist Your Thinking. Since 2009, he's worked with people and brands to help them find better answers, tell better stories, and get better results. He successfully partnered with not-for-profits like Giving Rocks Foundation and Learning Bridge Early Education Center, all the way up to Fortune 500 companies like PepsiCo, Miller Coors, and Mars. Before Twist, Danny wrote and created direct marketing campaigns that helped build iconic brands like Quaker Oatmeal, Coors Light, and Gatorade. We all know those names. He and Michael Jordan started working on Gatorade on the same day and created many commercials together. And Michael called Danny at one point peanut butter jelly boy, but that's a story for another time. Danny, thanks for coming on Practice Care. Great to be here. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, so you work a lot with story and storytelling and brand. And the clients that I work with are all owners of private practices. They are doctors, dentists. They come from a a more clinical background. They like cause and effect, tangible things. And when they hear words like storytelling, story, and brand, they feel kind of fluffy and vague to them. And I've tried to break through that with mixed success at best. Can you maybe give us an example of, of a client that you've worked with to kind of start help us wrapping our heads around this for our listeners? Sure, that would be great. And, and I won't tell you the Gatorade story because it's not exactly a good parallel to doctors and small to medium and even large practices. Well, but it I, was a story but, for another time anyway. So let's <laughs> let's 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 not go back on that. <laughs> two, two stories. We'll do the we'll do the peanut butter jelly, another one, and the Gatorade, another one, but another time. So earlier this year, I worked with a law firm and it was being started actually from scratch by a woman who had worked in big firms for a long time and was going off on her own and had a very distinct point of view and wanted to bring that point of view to life. And so for her, creating her brand, standing out from competition, of which there is much in the securities M&A contract space, was about talking about the things that she believed in, the way that she ran her business on a day-to-day business. And we didn't differentiate by talking about what she did, because there's so many people who do what she does. We talked about why she does it, the way she does it, the why behind the what. The what is the actual thing that you do. The why is why you do it. And the emotional component that people will get people to look at you differently and say, oh, I see brand A is different because they believe in this. They stand for this. And so for All Rise, this law firm, it was about getting deals done, but doing it the right way. You know, we had this line for her about getting deals done without getting in the way and being strong, but not combative. And so she knows there's a lot of lawyers in the field who can be kind of bullies, who who can really kind of run right over you. That's not the way she did it. She did it with tact and with wisdom 
and with being a good person. You know, she also talked about building relationships and not just building business. She wasn't about just the business aspect of it. She was about the people part of it. And she, you know, I interviewed a lot of her clients, which is a great way to, to help someone tell their story. And for people who are listening, tell their story. Ask people who you work with what you do in a really good way. So when I talked to her clients, what they told me was she was a tireless, tireless zealot on their behalf. And she really cared about their business. And that was a huge part of her why. So when we tell the story of All Rise, she has a great story, a great why of what differentiates her from any potential competition. Which is really interesting. It's very powerful. Uh, it's really interesting. And, and I think of certain subspecialties like general dentistry. It feels like there's one in every corner. How are you going to stand out? We had a client that was a podiatry practice. And I don't know why, but within a five-mile radius where they were, were like a dozen other podiatrists. And just the name. I mean, if Every one of them has got the name foot and ankle. How the heck do you stand out? You're all good at what you do. Chiropractic, physical therapy, on and on and on. They're all over the place. They need to differentiate, but they really struggle how. And, and you know, and what I see a number of them do, at least when I first meet them, is you go to their website or you look at some of the materials that they produce and like the hero statement, the first thing you see anchors on their expertise, you know? In so many words, I'm really good at what you, at what I do. You can trust that I'm going to do a good job for you. And what I say to them is, you're supposed to be good at what you do. That, that's <laughs> kind of like table stakes. It's I'm not trying to belittle you, Doctor X, but you're supposed to be good at it. And by the way, everybody says that, so it's hard for somebody who doesn't know you to number one substantiate it, and number two use it as a way to tell you apart from anybody else. So I see a lot of. I mean, do you see that? And what would you add to that in terms of? how they talk about themselves rather than, you know, what they should be talking about. Well, they're not just doctors, they're humans and humans are interested in other humans. And, you know, we don't, even when it comes to a doctor, a lawyer, a product service, we don't necessarily buy a company. We buy the people behind that company. We hire the people behind that company. And so what about that person is different? So if this podiatrist, if this dentist, you know, has a, a personal hero, is a mountain climber, is a guitar player, you know, has a passion for this or that, believes strongly in this or that. These are all things about that person as a human. And you might, a doctor might look at that and say, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want people thinking about guitars and climbing mountains. But you know what? The people who are going to be deciding between you and someone down the block and someone across the street needs to have something, <laughs> something to base their opinion on, something to go on. So why not talk about Again, going back to your why, the thing that stands behind who you are as a person and a dentist and a podiatrist, it helps people say, oh, that person, that's the guy, that's the podiatrist who's a mountain climber. I would like a podiatrist who's a mountain climber. That means he's probably got pretty darn good feet. So like, what about that? What about that helped him, you know, helped him be a better podiatrist? You know, what about music helped the dentist be a better dentist? I mean, maybe there's something in the sequencing of the notes that has to do with the sequencing of how you do your work. I don't really know. I mean, Einstein um, used to always talk about how he would, when he was really stuck on a problem, he would sit down at the piano and play the piano until he worked it out in his head. And like distancing himself from the science itself and be doing something that was more personal and meaningful to him helped him actually get to a point that helped him solve the problem. So, you know, I would just encourage people again to think about like, 
not just what you do, but why you do it. And using that as a way of helping people understand why they should think about you differently. And, you know, as you say that there is one exception, at least that I've come across that I think is pretty good at it. And it's, it's chiropractors. If you go to a chiropractor's website and you go to their bio page, more often than not, this particular chiropractor hadn't thought much about it, but then they had some horrible accident or some, you know, really bad accident. And they were told, uh, you know, they start down the traditional route, go get surgery, go get this. And there's something in them that says, I just doesn't seem right. And then they went to a chiropractor, maybe a physical therapy, something that was more movement, more, you know, natural choices of, and it worked and it inspired them. And then that's why they wanted to become a a chiropractor. And it's, and I'll tell you, I mean, there's some of the, you want to read about some just bad accidents, just start surveying some different people went through hell. I mean, like horrible car accidents, skiing accidents, but that's one example. The other side of it is I'm not prepared to say that there's this like strict sort of correlation or, or uh, spectrum on this, but I almost feel like the more clinically oriented, like hardcore clinically oriented, the more database, like an oncologist, for example, it's, if there's not a study that says, try this drug on this, you know, on this particular type of cancer, they won't do it. And so it's what you're talking about is the emotional side. I mean, a yeah. why has an emotional component to it. Right. Data-driven is seemingly the opposite of that, but it's as important as ever. And so, yeah. you know, how do you dislodge people when they're really well, kind of stuck in? Well, I mean, there's been studies that have been done that have proven that people remember stories more than facts. And people will remember a beginning, middle, and end of something that had an effect on them versus X percent or this many milligrams of this many cases or whatever. So that's the emotional piece, right? The factual piece is universal. The emotional piece is specific and unique and genuine to somebody in a way that helps them separate from somebody else. Right, right. And you're reminding me of something that I've heard many times before, which is people buy an emotion and then justify later with facts. So, (laughs) you know, when you and rationalize it later with facts. And so, yeah, if you're facts first, fine, but it just means that the emotion that's really driving your decision is buried deeper, but it's really still there. And and this is, by the way, this is not to say that you can convince someone with, so I like what you're saying. It's, you can't necessarily convince them because you're a rock climber or whatever. You can get remembered differently. You can stand out, but you have to go on the assumption that at the bottom line, you are talented and qualified. <laughs> you have your medical license, you have the expertise. So then beyond that, what can you do or say to help you stand out? Right. There's sort of the bedrock. You must be able to check these boxes. You are they licensed. Have. You have experience. You have all the frame certificates on the walls. <laughs> right. You're not an unbridled jerk. You know, they <laughs> pick up the phone, right? <laughs> you know, you've got enough of a bedside manner. I'm wondering, you know, when you work with clients, there's some I'm sure are easier to work with than others. Some get it faster than others. But I'm curious for the ones who maybe are a little more incalcitrant, are there some behaviors that they really kind of have to unlearn or they just have to change their thinking about themselves to get them from where you find them to where you need to get them in order for it to be a successful Work. um, I would say there's something true of a one-person medical practice in a multi-million-dollar business, and that is, it's really easy to get caught up in what you believe is right about your business versus what the people who you need to speak to believe are right about your business. It's very easy to put yourself 
in to talk to yourself and what you believe versus talking to the people who you need to convince to pay attention to you. You know, editors and writers call this reader focus. When you can write a sentence or a paragraph or an entire book that someone reads it and says, oh my God, how did you do that? How do you know me so well? Like, how did you write this just for me? I want to talk to you more. I want to engage with you more. I want to read this whole book. When you can message to somebody out there with quote unquote reader focus, you are a step ahead of the game. The flip side of that and marketers, professional MBA trained marketers fall into this the whole time. And I would guess a lot of physicians do too, is you know what you know, and you know what you want people to know. Like, I want people to know this about me. The problem is they might not care about They don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 They want to know what they want to know. They want to know what's relevant to them, whatever that might be. So the, what you need to do to be able to do this successfully is have a good understanding and instinct around what people want to know about you and from you so that you tell them that, not what you want them to know. Because if you tell them what you want them to know, and they don't want to know that, they will turn around and walk away or maybe do something even worse, like talk about you in a not so good way yeah. or, or don't recommend you or something like that. Right, right. And sometimes it's the things that they want their patient, their prospective patient to know, I'll say, well, they need to know that, but not first. First, you've sure. got to show that you understand their problem because it's 11 o'clock at night and they're hunting around for a new doctor. They've got a problem on their mind that they're trying to solve. You got to yes. talk to that first, not only, yeah. but first. Yeah. yeah. For, that's a great point. And I would say, yeah, you can get to that other thing. You can fold it in. It's not that it's unimportant. It's just that it's more important to you right now than it is to them right now. Yeah. So, you know, doctor, unless you're going to hire yourself and pay yourself and be your own patient, you got to get some others and they don't care about (laughs) you yet. They care about their problem first, right away. You got like five or six seconds to grab their attention. Yeah. Or less, you know, or less, right. At most. So, yeah. So we, Danny, we could talk about this for a long time, but just in the interest of, you know, of uh, getting to sort of uh, wrapping it up. First question I ask every guest is, you know, now that you've heard what we've talked about, is there anything that you think I should have asked you in the context of what we're talking about, but just didn't think to? Well, you know, a lot of people who aren't classically trained marketers or in marketing departments or at at big companies, or even, you know, physicians, lawyers, whatever, they don't speak this language. And so sometimes their inclination is to say, I don't really need help with this. I can probably figure it out myself. So the question you might want to ask me is like, why the heck do I need this in the first place? And I mean, there's all kinds of answers to that question. One is because if you don't, somebody else will, and, and they'll, they'll stand out from you and differentiate from you. Okay. And I'm going to add to it. What I say to me, you know, Dr. X, you work so hard to build a trustworthy reputation. And you must have done something right because patients keep choosing you. Of course, more could, but you've got a reason to want, therefore, already, you've got a reason to want others to understand the true essence of why you do what you do. And the odds that you get that right are really, really low. The odds that I I do marketing all day long, the odds that I get that right for me are really, really low. If for no other reasons, I'm too close to it. I'm too close to my own business. I'm too biased. If I really wanted to do this well, I'd have to bring in somebody else with fresh eyes. But why on earth would you spend so much time daily 
to try to build and keep a trustworthy reputation, which is part of why people choose you, and then talk about it so poorly and so clumsily when yeah. people first meet you. You know, yeah. you have to acknowledge that those two things go together and you ought to have them consistently. Yeah, I mean, the funny part about that's so true. And the funny part of it is that if you go on a lot of advertising agencies' websites, they all sound so similar. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. It's painful. It's really they, painful. They just don't, they're on, they're, they have a really hard time articulating to the world why they're different and special, which is, I would say, ironic. Ironic. I was just thinking the same thing. You know? <laughs> Maybe you just, that's like your first cut when you're looking at who should I hire? Well, if you sound like six others, yeah. I don't know, Maybe. man. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, final question is, if you had one or two pieces of tangible advice, something that listeners of this could do the moment they're done listening to get going on, you know, more properly, better telling their story, what would you advise them to do? Um, well, one thing that I do, we just were talking about telling your own story. One thing that I did many years ago, and I really, I still use this content that I gathered, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago is I asked my, like a select group of my very best clients. In other words, people who have benefited from working with me, have profited from working with me, have enjoyed the process of working with me. And so what I asked them is like, why? Why has it worked out so well? And they'll usually give an answer first. And if you do this yourself, you physicians, you doctors, you will probably get an answer like, oh, I really trust you or something kind of, you know, sort of kind of obvious. And you'll be like, okay, well, that didn't work at all. So that's just the first question. Next question is why? And when the person gives you a screwy look with their eyes and figures out an answer, finally, you say, thank you. And then you say again, why? <laughs> and there's actually a practice called the five whys where you ask why five times, and it, whether, whether it's three or four or five or six or seven or eight times, get down under the surface, find out that in really insightful reason, that really unexpected thing that you do that people, when they're, when you get to the last why, they're like, wow, I never really thought about it that way. I'm not sure I thought about it that hard, but thank you for continuing to ask me these questions. Cause I really, really feel like we got to an interesting and insightful place. That's a great way to be able to start articulating what you do in a way that helps people see you differently and understand you from a really interesting and insightful place. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, the wording that they use is even like gold, you know, it's, it's, way it's a way you could, anything you come up with on your own. Anything you come up with, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like genuine from them. Like it's so easy to come up with terrible, horrible, hackneyed words that you think you should use because that's the way that you should talk about yourself. But like, well, they just said something so interesting that I never would have thought of myself. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's one tangible thing. Is, is then there doesn't have to be a second, but is there another piece well, of advice? I would just say try to focus, you know, it's so, we want to say so many things about ourselves. We have so many things to say. There's so many points we want to get across so many reasons we, people would believe we're better or different, but you know what, the more you say, the less people can um, comprehend. I had a great teacher once who said long lists are the products of lazy minds. And so like, think of the one or maybe the two, but like, what's the thing, what's the one or two, maybe two things that you're going to say that you're going to focus on that people are going to walk away thinking, Oh, that was the guy who blank, you know, even for me, you know, many years later, having worked with Michael Jordan, you read it in my intro. I still have it in all my intros. It's still really powerful. It still really works. It's not always all that relevant, but it's something 
It's that one thing, that consistent, clear thing that helps people remember me. And, you know, the very first thing you can do to be an effective partner and service provider for somebody is get them to remember one thing for you, for about you, so that they can remember who you are. Yeah. And to people who are listening to this, it's the one, it's like the most important thing. But again, yeah. it's not the only, it's not like you've got the one and the, but at the same time, you don't have 15 things waiting in the wings, but yeah. people can only remember a few things. And yeah. so pick the one that's going to be the most memorable that gets you going too, because you're the one who's going to have to be saying it. So you yeah, got to believe it and have passion about it. What I'll say about that is it's not, we're making it sound really easy. It's not that easy. You would think it'd be obvious to, for me to Danny, tell the Michael Jordan story. I experimented with a lot of things over many years and to figure out what worked and what didn't, this just, I think works the best. Mm -hmm. um, so don't feel pressured to come up with a perfect thing right away. Experiment, play, try some different stuff and see what sticks. Right. Perfect. Well, Danny, thank you. Thank you for coming on Practice Care. It's such a cool conversation, such an important conversation because we talk about story, but what we really mean is you live in a competitive world and you want people to choose you. Just say it, say it out loud and embrace it. And yeah. if people don't quite understand what you do or you turn them off on a first impression, you just downed the odds that they're going to choose you. So I'm going to put your contact info, Danny, in the show notes, but if, is there a preferred way that people can get in touch with you? Uh, probably my website, twistyourthinking.com, T-W-I-T-Y-U-R-T-H-I-N-K-I-N-J, twistyourthinking, three words mashed together.com, twistyourthinking.com. Perfect. And that'll be in the show notes as well. A couple of points before we wrap up. If you own a practice and you've had an experience with the business side of your practice, you think you've figured something out, you've built a better mousetrap, you think others would benefit from hearing about it, we would like to have, to have you on Practice Care so that you can tell the world about it. Go to the website link. It's in the show notes where you can tell us about it. You can apply. Please do so right away so we can get you scheduled. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Practice Care on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.